put that visor on because you're going to be looking snazzy at the card pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And today we're looking at part three, which is going to be the money cards that we have here from Worldwake. Yes, indeed. This is part three of our four-part series discussing Worldwake. You can take a look back at some of our other segments, I'm sure up here somewhere above yep. one of our heads, Stu's head, okay, talking about some of our hidden gems from Worldwake in two parts. But without further ado, let's start this review, move on to some of these valuable cards we got here. Yep, and let's go to number one. Now this is an infamous card of magic. It is called Jace the Mind Sculptor and it comes in at a solid $88. Now this card has been reprinted a lot and that's still after all those reprints. Yeah. So this is a Planeswalker that costs four mana, double generic and double blue. And it starts out with three loyalty and it has four abilities. The first one being a plus two, look at the top card of target player's library. You may put that card on the bottom of that player's library. For zero, you can go ahead and draw three cards and put two of them in from your hand back on the library, on top of the library in any order, sorry. Minus one, return target creature to its owner's hand. And then lastly, for minus 12, which would be the ultimate, exile all cards from target player's library. Then that player shuffles his or her hand into his or her library. So That's this is a whopping card. Yeah, yeah this is a lot, lot to take in. Right there. <laughs> uh, plus two, let's start there. Sounds good. Yeah, the plus two, eh, I mean, it's fine. Like, plus two is pretty good for a loyalty ability. And yeah. so maybe you can get somebody, like, to not draw as good a card as they were going to. But, of course, you don't know what you're going to give them either. So And it takes you out of eh. the bolt range, which is good. So going up to five kind of makes it so he'll be able to take at least a hit. Right, but it doesn't really do a whole lot. Uh, no, I mean, mm. I'd rather something like, and I'm not a big fan of it, but uh, what was the one you paid two life? It's uh, the Phyrexian Blue Mana. For, uh, pro, uh, Getaxian Probe. Getaxian Probe. Mm. Almost had that. I was going to say Probe, but it's <laughs> not that. Um, I'd almost rather that than just using Jace's, but this is continual, doesn't cost you any life, so this has a, a pro to that. But the zero is really good. Oh, yeah, the real uh, money on this card right here, this free brainstorm every turn. Oh yeah. yeah, sign me right up. Well, it's almost, I'd say, like a better divining top for it, in a sense, because you get to like look at the three and then put one of them directly into the hand, oh, right. almost. Well, it is, it is basically Brainstorm. It is the exact same effect. Yeah, but it's also like divining top. It is, kind of. But yeah, but it's, it's very... But it can reach a little bit more. It's very, you can put, very good. Yeah, you can jump out some cards that you don't need from your hand. You can go ahead and clean up whatever. You can smooth out whatever you need. It's... Just solid right there. Yeah. At the end of it, you may be like, oh, well, I only really drew one card. Yes, but you saw three. How awesome is yeah. that? Seeing the future, I mean, we've seen so many movies about that. It's dangerous, but in this case, it's a lot less dangerous. But uh, moving on to the minus one. So typically in a Planeswalker, we want to see some sort of creature token come out or some way to protect some it. Some way to protect it, either killing creatures or doing something else. And this is it, right the here. minus one. It is Again, for just minus one, uh, you do it three times. That's really good. Yeah, at the very least. And if you're versing a green deck, which Blue loves to do, mm. why not for just nothing, pretty much, put like something huge back into their hand? It's going to take another turn to recast it. They're going to come back. They're going to lose it again. Yep. It's, it's a tedious battle. And I'd say it's almost better than getting the token. Might be. It might be. And then that ultimate, yeah, you pretty much win. What else is there to say? Well, it is one player, and again, to get up to that is not an easy feat unless you're going outside of, oh, inside the realm of uh, proliferate, mm -hmm. or if you have something like... Doubling season or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it goes great in Atraxa for obvious reasons, and it goes great oh, yeah. in so many other wheelhouses. It's good. 
Um, I wouldn't say it's something that's required for Commander. It's, but for what it does, it's very serviceable. It's got the modes. Yeah. Well, I will say that you're probably right in that in Commander, this card starts looking less impressive than it does somewhere like Modern. But let's not make any mistakes here. This is the best Planeswalker ever printed. Fact. Whoa, whoa. Even more than Tabalt? <laughs> yes, more than The best Tabalt. Planeswalker ever created? Oh, yes. Hands down. There will probably never be another one as good as this. Probably. This is it when they were ridiculous. first kind of figuring out what to do with Planeswalkers, and they definitely made this one the most powerful. Having four abilities on a Planeswalker is just broken, well, we no matter that, how you look at it. We see that in other Planeswalkers, though, so it's not the biggest thing, but having three options initially, because anyone that has an ultimate, you're just done to two options. It's either this one's good or this one's bad. And having a third one in there to kind of round it out, it, it really takes it to another level. It's low-costed, you get so much out of it, there's not much more you can really say about this no, guy. No, it's a value machine, and if you if you don't have it, I guess not really a big deal, but if you have it, you play it, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> best Jace, but uh, commander-wise, maybe not the best Jace for that. Mm. But um, moving on to our second one, and Kyle, take it. All right, well, number two on our list is a land for $53 a pop. We have Celestial Colonnade. Now, it enters the battlefield tapped, can tap to produce blue and or white mana, and you can also animate it. So if you tap three colorless, a white, and a blue, until the end of the turn, Celestial Colony becomes a 4-4 white and blue elemental with flying and vigilance. Yep. That's... Yeah. It's the best man land in the game. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, it, the flying and 4-4, that, that's pretty decent size right there for a land that pretty much dodges almost any form of removal. But then again, remember, vigilance. That, that is what makes it's this card so the saving good. grace, 100%, because the biggest problem with all these other animate lanes, and we're going to go into them in a little bit, we're uh, mm. give a disclaimer, some of them are also in the money list coming up. Typically, we like to separate them out, but they're almost different they're from what so they are. They're all so different, I felt like we should talk yeah, about Yeah, their applications are totally different for each one. Like, for this one, for example, the strongest part about this one is the vigilance, like we were saying. It makes mm. it so once you attack with it, you can then tap it for mana which the other man lands do not have. Yeah, and the reason this is so expensive, not only has it never been reprinted Well, it's yet, about although to. Although it is about to be, yes. But it had, it had really never been reprinted until recently, and also this is the single most perfect finisher for a control deck you can imagine. It doesn't take up a spot in your deck, really, because it's a land. Yeah. And you could just play all spells in your deck and still have a giant creature to hit people with turn after turn. I mean, how cool is that? It's evasive, it's decently costed, and and also the greatest thing about having man lands is that they work in so many unique places because now you have a blocker, now you have an attacker, now you have a sack target if you need to keep your commander alive. I've mm -hmm. versed many a grave pack deck and have animated the land in order to save my commander and they never remember that it's there. So this is super good. The only man land I think that might be stronger than this is Ink Moth Nexus. That is pretty good. I mean, in fact, it's uh, tough to argue with that. Yeah. yeah, and Mutavault might be a close second of That doesn't this. get played as much as it used to, but that's pretty but cool. But for Tribal, like, this is an Elemental. Elementals do have Tribal, so it could work in that. They are mm. five-colored, so this could get some extra little ump from it. But beyond that... Um, yeah, I mean, Manlands are at their best in control decks because they're not obsessed with playing lots of creatures. They can play cheap, low-cost removal and counter spells and then just rely on Manlands like this one to tap a lot of mana and finish out the game eventually. Yep. That's why it's good. It's totally solid. 
But uh, moving away from our land and into another creature, at mm. my number three, or our number three, I'll say, is at $30 for a card called Stoneforge Mystic. It costs mm. two mana, one generic, and a white for a core artificer that has a one-two body. And it, it has an ETB here saying whenever it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Lastly, for two mana, the same as it's converted mana cost, you can go ahead and tap this, and you may put an equipment card from your hand onto the battlefield. So, eye to eye, line it up right there. Whatever you tutor for is coming out next turn, provided that this stays alive. Yeah, to absolutely nobody's surprise, Stoneforge Mystic makes this list, because it's a great, great card. What and it's can only I say? been going up ever since. I had one, I got it for 12 bucks. I'm happy I got it for 12 bucks, and it was pretty expensive then because that just spiked at that point even. Definitely. And I mean, especially the re one of the reasons why this card is really scary with the advent of uh, bigger equipments that have germ tokens, like the living weapon cards, especially so good. this and Batter Skull are partners in crime. You get a reduced cost Batter Skull, which is this giant 4-4 Vigilance Lifelink beat stick that you played for two mana with this guy's ability it's so on good. like turn three. It's yeah, so okay. good. And it's really abusable in blink decks it's good in mono white saram decks love mm. this it's another staple for it because again giant equipments is like our gentum armor phenomenal yeah and cards like uh, steel shaper's gift open the armory that tutor for equipments they're great you know they're, they're really good at what they do but this is a creature that just mm, opens so many doors for you and, and like the fact that you can cheat it into play for less cost than you might have before yeah, that's really good. Well, and White likes creatures, and it can reanimate them from the grave. Yes. So being able to get this back with, like, a Sun Titan, value on value. If it has haste, go ahead, bring it in, equip it to Sun Titan. They have instant plays making so you can equip at instant speed mm. for zero cost. It's a very White card. It works really good. Definitely a home and commander of this one. I am interested to see how its price will change in the future, though, because there's currently, and well, for has been for some time, a debate raging as to whether or not this card should remain banned. It's, at the moment, pretty much banned in every conceivable format, except for, like, commander. It's fine. But... It's, well, they recently unbanned Jace the Mind Sculptor, and everybody was like, oh my god, this is going to break modern, and nothing happened, and nobody cares. So Stoneforge <laughs> Mystic seems to be the next card on the list being like, is this really too broken or has the game advanced to a point where this isn't that big of a deal anymore? Uh... I would say it's probably not that big of a deal anymore because, I mean, sure, like I was saying, you can cheat in a batter skull on turn three. Is that really the most powerful thing you could be doing in modern right now? Probably Maybe not. modern, no, but I mean, commanders, you have ways to untap creatures so you can get more than one out. You can get your affinity on even quicker. Right, I would say this card is the is like really great at home in commander, obviously. Definitely. And it's not, and it's obviously not banned there, but is Stoneforge Mystic too good for modern? What do you think? Is this card, are we at a point where this is fair? Or should we just not even open that We're asking commander players that. I don't think they're going to have any premium yeah, we'll reference. See. We'll see. You well, know. either way, uh, blip above me right now. Uh, I'm going to put the words Kyle's wrong and Stu's <laughs> right for as in. Uh, so, so click on which one you think is more applicable in this scenario. <laughs> um, and it's going to legit say that. Uh, anyway, moving away from this guy. Kyle, kill it with number four. All right, well, number four on our list for the price of $18 is an artifact called Amulet of Vigor. Classic. Now, this costs only one mana to play. Whenever a permanent enters the battlefield tapped and under your control, untap it. Very simple effect, but deceptively very, very powerful. This is still 
pretty much close to a top tier type card in modern, but most of its partners in crime have been banned in the format. So it's not quite as good as it was anymore, but still, I mean, what can you say about something that lets you circumvent all kinds of rules like this? Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's so good. Uh, yeah. I mainly see this in home for Gilgate decks like mm. that you see Maze's End. Yes. Just because the gates come into play tapped, it gets you that kind of speed you need. This is low-costed. It's tutorable, one for an artifact, and two for being a one-drop artifact. Mm -hmm. Trinket Mage is, like, a very easy tutor to get this for. And, I mean, the only thing I've, I'm not sure the true iteration of this is if you have something that's, like, a controlling kind of card, like uh, Thalia, which makes it so that creatures come into right. play tapped, mm -hmm. which would have the priority on this? Would it be it enters, Thalia goes off, and then Amulet of Vigor, which would well, untap Well, no, because it? they have to be, they have to enter the battlefield tapped because Thalia says so, and then this card untaps them. So it would circumvent. Oh, yeah, like all kinds of things, like Blind Obedience, Authority of the Consoles, all those things. This card pretty much turns them off. They don't do anything. I especially love this card in situations with the, I love the Triland cycle, but they all come into play tapped, this makes them just like 100% better. But why not use the layers? But they maybe keep, they make you bounce a land back to your But hand. they don't, don't come know. into play tapped, eh, unlike the I other bounce lands. We'll but, bring up those cards at a different time. I think we even brought up a couple of them before. Probably. But, but yeah, this is a great first turn play. One, well, I like the best first turn play like, no, ever, other than a soul ring, so, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, this Aether is Vial. just really, really, really good. Aether Vial? I mean, Commander, eh. But yeah, this card Darks, though. Oh, Skull yeah. Clamp. <laughs> well, that's pretty good too. There are a lot of good ones you can do, but this is Th one of the better ones. On. This, this is I'd, I'd say in the top twenty-five, sure. But great card works for a variety of things. It's just all about tapping, which is the biggest part. Mm -hmm. So, moving away from this and into another one of our man lands at number five, we have a card called Creeping Tar Pit, and it comes in at sixteen dollars. This is the blue and black one. So obviously it enters into play tap like all the man lands do. Produces blue or black mana when it can. And for three mana, it makes it so that this becomes a 3-2 black and blue elemental creature that is unblockable and it's also a land. It's a shame it's black and blue because it got beat up. But hmm. beyond that fact, it's really good for just being able to go ahead and pierce through. So you can go ahead and make it oh, so yeah. you can get this equipment when you animate it. You can make it so it has auras. It can go with any kind of creature boost. If you have something like a Marari's Wake Out to make it so this is not long, no longer a 3-2, a 4-3. Yeah. There's and a it, variety of ways for it to go with. Yeah, and basically what you're getting here, again, is you're paying for, for three mana. You're getting a 3-2 unblockable that has haste, basically, and... Also, if it's sort untapped. of, kind of, indestructible hexproof, because it's really hard to interact with these cards properly, because half the time they're not even creatures. Yeah, it's which great. makes it good, because they're evasive towards board wipes. It's not, mm -hmm. like, uh, Dryad Arbor is the one that's typically the most iconic man land, I yeah. think, that you see out there. But it doesn't have haste, so it can't tap for mana the first turn it comes out, kind of like these. And also, it's always a creature, which means it's always susceptible to attacks. But yeah. it works for different forms of reanimate, where, as in certain colors, you can't bring a land back without going through bells and whistles. Yeah, and you don't really see Tar Pit out there as much as Celestial Colonnade, our earlier card, but 
The reason people don't play Tar Pit as a finisher, they just kind of play it as an incidental good card in these colors. So you can kind of be just like, well, I have a land that gives me both colors. Oh, and hey, at the end of the game, you know, maybe this can help me close things out. Yeah. So it's not it's not a huge finisher like the other one, but it serves its purpose too. And especially for us blue-black players, I love this thing. Uh, so. It also goes in on a Mirkar Vos deck, if you think about it. Because like getting oh, yeah. the damage yeah. to, it's unblockable. You get the mills out, which is great. So... I mean, it's another Mind Funeral trigger. Oh, definitely. It's great. It's just a great card overall. I would play Manlands over not Manlands in yeah. a second. Yeah, so. I'd play it over a Guildgate if you're not running Oh, absolutely, end. yeah. But uh, moving away from this guy and into another creature. Kill it, All Kyle. Right. Well, number six on our list here is Omnath, Locus of Mana for Classic. $15. Omnath costs three mana, two colorless, and one green, and he's a legendary elemental. He starts as 1-1, but he doesn't stay that way. Green mana doesn't empty from your mana pool as phases and steps end. And Omnath, Locus of Mana, gets plus 1, plus 1 for each green mana in your mana pool. So as we all know, with the normal progression of a game of Magic, if you're in a certain phase or a certain turn where you tap a land or anything else for mana, it then goes away as that specific phase ends. Omnath makes it so that that doesn't happen anymore, which is a huge game changer. And not only that, can you store up your mana as long as he's in play, but he gets bigger for it, which means he can get really scary really quickly. Yeah, this is a great card. It's very classic. It's great when it does, and it's green at its core for so many reasons here. It's mm -hmm. a Probably one of the better mono green commanders out there, just because it's oh, low costed. Yeah. It scales with the game so easily, and it makes it so that green can get to the late game that much faster. Definitely, it is one of the best, if not the best. Well, I don't know. See, I also like it as the ninety nine a little bit more as well because it has that versatility once it hits. Same thing that we see with like Crufix the God mm. being able to like, all right, now I have storage counters, I can start going ahead and using this. Yeah, so it Crufix makes it is almost better, except he only stores it as colorless. So, but yeah. But it also doesn't like. <sighs> He's harder to kill for well, sure. It's, so it's that's not one reliant thing. on green mana, so that's the best right. thing about him. So if you go ahead and you have a, a soul ring, you tap it. There's one extra colorless floating that fizzles. Yeah, and the thing that disappoints me about Omnath is a lot of people make the mistake that he's playing with plus one plus one counters, which is not the case. I wish that were because then you could proliferate the crap out of It'd him and it would so be nice. that much better. But it's unfortunately not that way. Well, because people play it the same way. They put the die on there for the counter marker. Right. But, but one thing to note actually out there for, uh, this probably has happened to a handful of viewers, but if you haven't played with this card, one thing to be wary of is if you deal damage to this guy and then they remove counters, that damage quantity is still there for him. Mm. So let's say he's a 10-10, you deal nine damage, they remove two counters. Right. He's dead. Exactly. So, you got to be careful with this. Yes. So it's one of those things where you have to be a little bit wary with the interaction and how it plays for yeah, you. Yeah, don't get too overconfident, but Omnath is, for if you're a green fan, a super good commander choice. Totally. You can't go wrong with that. Well, enough of Omnath. We're going to go on to number seven here, and this is going to be another one of the lands. I'm getting all these lands almost. Yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> all right. Uh, for $13, we have Raging Ravine. Now, this is the green and red one staying on the green train this one also enters to play tap produces green or red and for four mana you can animate it and make it so that until the end of the turn it becomes a three three 
red and green elemental creature with whenever this creature attacks, put a 1-1 counter on it. It's still a land. And before you ask, yes, even if the, it's not a creature, the counters do still stay on it, which is why this card is good. That was what I was going to ask. I was going to ask what you're doing for lunch tomorrow. But that's good to know, too. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, the counters do stay on, which is an important factor. And it also works great for proliferate because at this mm -hmm. point you will constantly have a target, whereas sometimes it feels lame or if you don't have anything to proliferate and you have stuff in your hand to proliferate, but you need to play stuff to get a board substance mm -hmm. rather than getting no value, you can at least get the land that'd be a little bit bigger. And this is a solid card. It can get haste. It can get evasion just for being in these colors. It's really good. And I mean, I'd rather Celestial Colonnade over this, but this can scale and scale really, really well. Yeah, this doesn't have the same kind of home in a control deck because we're talking about green and red here, but it's just another addition to that kind of aggressive deck's arsenal where eventually, because these decks tend to rely on creatures, if you end up getting like board wiped into oblivion and somebody's playing the control game really, really well, you can then bring this thing in and start beating them up and they don't even know what to do about it at that point because... Yeah. At first, it's just going to be for four, you know, a four-four with trample. That's pretty good right there. For four and then it's just going to keep getting bigger the longer they don't deal with it. Yeah, and if you have other stuff out there to put extra counters on there, I mean, doubling season we always go to. At, yeah, or yeah. any of the other stuff. I think it goes without saying I would play all three of these man lands in Commander, but... It's possible that this one, out of all those three we've talked about, might be the best one in Commander, ironically, because it keeps getting bigger. Uh, I don't know. I still think I'd take Celestial Colonnade over uh, this guy, but I do like it more than the Creeping Tar Pit. I think it's mm -hmm. just because those colors need more creatures, because mm -hmm. I can interact, again, with sacking targets right. and stuff like that, and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But either way, um, can work with other worlds. Yeah. But, all right, go on to number eight, Kyle. What we got? Well, for number eight, at $9, we have Death's Shadow. Now, this is a bizarre card that takes a little bit of thinking to really understand where its power is at. It costs one black, and it's an avatar creature. Death's Shadow gets minus X minus X, where X is your life total, and its stats are a whopping 13-13. That's not bad luck. Right. Well, if you think about this, you, you look at it, it does nothing up to the point where you have less than 13 life. Because at that point, it would be a 1-1 one, one when, you, when you play it. Anything before that, you just kind of play it and it dies. Right. So you would think, why is this any good? Because you need your life total to be low. Why would I want my life total to be low? Because you're in black. Is, well, <laughs> right. You're in black, which uses life for all kinds of things. And the answer is... Once your life is low enough, you're playing like something like that's probably not a you know 13 13 at that point, obviously, but something that's like a 7 7 or a 6 6 for, for one, man, one yeah. mana. That's crazy. Yeah, obviously, this is better in another format. Same thing that we saw with uh, Sarah Sendon. This is the inverse Sarah Sendon. Mm. Sarah Sendon's way better in Commander, where this one's a lot uh, worse yeah, in Commander. Yeah, this one, I would not play this in Commander except for one very specific instance, which is Varel's the Scar Striped. I thought you were going to say Grave Pack. You pay one mana, it dies instantly instead of having well, to go with there are like, a lot of I mean I would rather play a fleshbag marauder for that but still with varals you can kind of just throw this into the graveyard and then scavenge it one mana one mana for 13 counters on something that's pretty cool I like that yeah or what is um I guess yeah I guess you're right with that or like something what was the other guy where stuff enters the grave uh the Demir mastermind what's his name Lazav uh, yeah he would with that 
Well, he could. He would still have the same effect, so uh, he could potentially. He wouldn't just steal the stats. Yeah, no, not really. But it's interesting because Death Shadow is a format-defining creature in modern currently because it's a very powerful threat for its cost, and because playing a lot of fetch lands and all that, players in modern do tend to yeah, lower their life totals very quickly. So this guy becomes powerful a lot quicker. It's just really cool. You can do a lot of things with it. A lot of people like to just bring it back from the graveyard after tossing it early on. That's a pretty good strategy right there. It's literally an ace in the hole at that mm -hmm. point. It's just really, really good. Low, probably one of the best power creatures for a low cost like that in the game. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's just really good. Uh, I'll take a Sarah Senate in the white pie, but mm. for commander reasons. But mm -hmm. it's, good. it's a decent card. I'm... I don't care about it in Commander. But, no, me neither, really. But moving on to the last card I'll talk about, number nine. This is a classic defining yes. card, uh, especially for World Wake. It is called Avenger of Zendikar. It costs seven bucks. It still costs seven bucks. All right. Uh, it has seven mana, and it's converted mana cost as well, ironically. Five generic and double green for an elemental with a 5-5 five, five body. He's got two effects, so let's start off with the first one. Uh, when this card enters the battlefield, put a 0-1 green plant creature token onto the battlefield for each land you control. Lastly, landfall. And uh, we haven't gone into landfall too much, but what it is is whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a 1-1 counter on each plant creature you control. So... Just to point out there, this is not a plant tribal deck card. This is a winning game con that you see in green out the wazoo. And this goes in yeah. many other decks as a win con because it's just mono green. It can go into green red, green black, whatever. It just grows the fields. It's, it's crabgrass, the card, pretty much. <laughs> There are a lot of cards that I think of when I'm trying to come up with the title for best green creature of all time. Crater Hoof Behemoth is up there for me. Oh. Tireless Tracker is up there for me. Uh, I Yes, it is. But If you're going Landfall, me, this is way better on Landfall for This is a very solid contender for the title of best green creature of all time. I stick to that. This thing is just amazing. It's bonkers. It's nuts. The, the value you get is insane. Uh, even if you're playing it with a soul ring and maybe a couple other mana rocks, you're still probably going to net at least four or five tokens when you play this thing, which immediately, if you then play a land after it, almost doubles the power level you have on the field instantly. And you may look at this and you think, oh, well, they got a couple of tokens, so they're one twos, big deal. Yeah, then you're going to feel pretty stupid when they throw down a cultivate or an explosive vegetation, yes. and then they're suddenly swinging lands. at you with three fours or four fives. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, and green also has other stuff out there, like Beastmaster's Ascension. All right, now mm -hmm. that just got online like this. And the one thing I do like about this card is it is a little bit fairer in the facts where it is, like you said, it scales with the lands. So if you go ahead and you do like an Elvish Piper, bring it in on turn five, it's not as scary because, again, it's five little dweeby plants. And once yeah. this guy's dead, they don't get any effect for it, especially if they don't get the land drop in or they're missing land drops. Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny because a card this good and that is obviously this powerful, it's not unfair either. It's not really broken. No. It is eminently fair. It really is. Yeah, somebody goes ahead and plays this, they're like, ah. I know this card. Yeah, all right. Welcome back, old nemesis. Like, it's, it's not mm -hmm. something that just feels OP because it's, again, a 5-5 five, five for 7. They're getting more power out of it, but only if they work for it. And, I mean, Titania decks or Titania, however you want to call her, this deck flourishes in that because it's all about getting its lands, sacking lands, growing a field. It's, it's crazy in that front. And also, 
any plant creature can go ahead and get a, a counter on it. So if you had yeah. the land that goes ahead and creates a plant token, that too will also go ahead and get a counter. Yeah, which we mentioned before in our other segment. And keep in mind, the tokens aren't just good for attacking people. You can use them for all kinds of other effects. Personally, I like to use this in my Mazarek deck. It generates an army of tokens for me to sacrifice for all kinds of effects. Yep. It's just as good for that too. And a lot of other uses too, I'm sure. Yeah, Altar of Dementia, Phyrexian Altar. Uh, I mean, I, I guess any card that has Altar in it for the most part, right. sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, solid card. I've I've never been upset about this card coming out. Like if you lose to this, it, you see why. It makes yeah. sense. It's and, very fair. Yeah, and if you don't really know this card, get familiar with it. And if somebody plays it, be very, very afraid. Yeah. It has to be dealt with. Especially if it's a landfall deck. Mm. But moving on to the last card, Kyle, you finally have a land to talk about. I do, and it's an interesting one, too. At $6, we have Eye of Ugin in our number 10 slot. It is a legendary land. Colorless Eldrazi spells you cast cost two colorless less to cast. Then also, tap 7 and the land, search your deck for a colorless creature card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. All interesting right. card. Well, you first have to note that one of the drawbacks of using this is it doesn't produce any mana on its own. Yes. So outside of an Eldrazi hev or heavily Eldrazi-based deck, it's probably not going to do you a whole lot of good. Uh, no, you're, you're not right in that case. There are realms in which it can also be good. You can make it so this can produce mana in a variety of ways. If you have a Chromatic Lantern out, if you go ahead and there's an Uborg, uh, Urborg uh, Tomb of Yawgmoth out, which is either on your field or anyone who's running mono black, well, this can go ahead and make it so it is could. now susceptible to produce mana. Uh, you also could do stuff. Again, I there's you other could. ways to do you, it. You could, but why jump through hoops? I'm not going to play this if I'm not playing lots of Eldrazi. Well... Colorless creatures. That's the only thing you need for this. It doesn't have to be Eldrazi. Now, Eldrazi are the first thing that pops in everyone's heads when you think of colorless, but artifact creatures right. are all colorless. And that is, that is perfectly valid. You can search all kinds of artifact creatures as long as they're colorless with this. They are entirely fair game, and that's part of what makes this card still pretty good, despite the fact oh. that it's been banned in every format. This card here is a colorless staple. Now, the reason why is colorless decks have the hardest time out of anything else, even compared to Boros, I'd say, yeah. in that fact, where it's like, they need every drop of support that they can get. They have one instant, they have, like, two sorceries. No, there's there's more than one, there's more than one instant, I think there's like two or three at this you point. You see my point, it's, it's yeah. not even reaching the full cap of your hand right there. So, they need something to make it so that they can be a little bit more aggressive. And this is something, being able to tutor continually on a land, any color that had tutorability on it, for land is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's very fair for what it does and the fact that it doesn't produce mana. The Eldrazi cost reduction is nice, but if you put this in a Hope of Guyper deck or, I mean, anything else out there that's pretty mm. much like like a powerful artifact creature, this is a staple in that for you to be able to go ahead and get the long game going for you. It's great, especially if you can go ahead and get a whole bunch of mana rocks out there. Right. This gets the sevens quick. And one of the reasons this card is so good, it actually used to be the number two money card in this set behind yep. Jace before it got banned everywhere. But the reason is because you may be turned off by the fact that it doesn't directly tap for mana, but lowering the cost of every Eldrazi by two, that's like this tapping for two mana every time you play an Eldrazi-related card. 
that's kind of crazy. That's like ancient tomb, but like a million times yeah, better. Yeah, Temple of the False Gods yeah. right there without any real cost on you right there. It's it's pretty much the medallion So for, this. for every turn, this could potentially net you like four, six, eight mana. That's crazy. Yeah, and the best part about it is it reduces the commander tax if you are using an Eldrazi Titan as a commander. Exactly. So I only like this card, again, niche in its decks, 100% a home and commander, yes. and it's a land. It's tutorable for also being a legend, and we've gone into that in many videos prior. So it's just so, so good. Yeah, I, there are not a whole lot of places I would play this, but in a colorless deck where odds are you're going to be playing a lot of Eldrazi anyway, yeah, play it. Or if you're looking for some sort of key card to go ahead and end the game. Like, I had a Mormir Vig deck, and I was all about getting Ulamog, old school Ulamog, with the hmm. Annihilator out as kind of be my beat stick. And if I couldn't tutor with the commander, I'd want to have some sort of failsafe. In this case, it'd be also to reduce the cost and all the other good stuff. But just sometimes having something out there to get around stuff, get a Burnished Heart, get a Solemn Simulacrum. And I mean, the list goes on and on for any kind of big things, like a Triskelion. That's a combo piece mm -hmm. that wins the decks. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. There's a whole lot of things you can do with this just outside of... Eldrazi. Huge applications. And yeah, while I had this card, I loved it. And as soon as the, pi the pi price spiked for it when Eldrazi first came out from, was it uh, Oath of the Gatewatch or something around that Yeah, but, well, yeah, the whole battle for Zendikar battle, block, that was there it. were new ones, yeah. Popped it off right then, haven't looked back, but it's a great card to have if you do have it. Absolutely. Well, I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it? It does, with a pretty bow. So, right there, that yeah. is uh, going to be the last... Part money of cards, we, yeah. yeah. That is the last <laughs> of our money cards. Sorry, I'm getting so tongue-tied again today, yeah, Kyle. It's all right. Well, of course, but, you can always check out some of our other uh, segments. Above, yep, check so. out our hidden gems where we dive in deeply about what we liked about the cards that are not as seen and definitely aren't the money cards from the set. They have tons of applications. Kyle and I totally battle with each other, saying <laughs> why one card's better than the other, or if this is just a disgrace to even show on YouTube. But uh, you can reach us at many different sources, Kyle's or social media. Yeah, well, you can always let us know what you think in our comments below, or you can reach out to us via Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, or even email. We're all at the handle MTG the Card Pool. So check us out there if you've got anything to say. Yeah, or if you ever think one of us is wrong, this guy, uh, be this sure guy. to like totally let us know in the comments and just rip him a new one. That'd be totally great. <laughs> but until then, I'm Stu. And I'm Kyle. And we'll, we'll see, see you next time at the Card Pool. pool.